0: Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read the same passage Daniel did last week, except I'm going to preach it a little better. Um, (laughs) Okay, I think I need to hit the rewind button and restart. I don't know what is happening, but yeah, I'm going to get out. Now, they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And, the, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Everyone say peace. We can do better than that. And everyone said, peace, peace. goodwill toward men and women. Um, we all, nearly all of us anyway, like to get a present of some kind. Sometimes it's the present of someone's presence. Sometimes it's an actual presence that's physically. Sometimes it's a presence that you're a present that you're really surprised to get. We'll leave it at that. I've given many of those gifts and saw the surprise on other people's face. Oh, and then they put it down. But there was a little boy, and it might have been Daniel, uh, writing a letter to God about the Christmas presents he wanted. He's a smart kid, actually, because he went over Santa's head, I think, and he's going right to God. And he said, I've been good for six months now, he wrote. But after a moment's reflection, he crossed out six months and wrote three months. Looked at it a little bit longer, crossed it out, and wrote two weeks. And there was another pause and he crossed that out and he went across the room and there was his mother's nativity scene and he grabbed Mary, wrapped her carefully in a cloth and went and stuck her in a drawer in his room. And he comes back and he starts writing again. He says, dear God, if you ever want to see your mom again. (laughs) We all like presents. But probably the greatest gift that is needed is why we go through the Advent season. And we're going to talk today about the, one of the greatest gifts that's needed right now in this season, and it's the gift of peace. Personally, relationally, in our world, around us, in our world, close to us, we see a great lack of peace. Someone has called ours an age of overt anxiety. Worry has been termed, quote, the official emotion of our generation, the basis of all neurosis and the most pervasive psychological problem of our time. We see a lack of peace in many places, and it's coming around us and all around us. But also starts the, the greatest place that we probably see it is within ourselves. James 1, four and one says it this way: What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil of des- the evil desires at war? Where? Within you. There might be nothing visibly wrong in our world, but we find ourselves with an internal battle, most of us, fighting all kinds of things. Whether that's fear about the future, whether that's financial issues, whether that's things going on inside us, bitterness, anxiety about uh, our relational issues around us. When we know we're living opposite of what we know we say we are, but on the inside we know we're out of order. Could be unresolved pain that causes lack of peace. It could be the trauma that nobody knows about except you, and causes you to have trouble falling asleep at night, then haunts us. And the lack of peace and the issues that we face, though rarely, stay within us. There's also a lack of peace with others. James four, he continues on. And he says, "You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it, not always literally, hopefully, um, you are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. So there becomes this interaction with other people. There was a young man who was hired to be a housekeeper and a, and a cook in a home well-to-do family he had two teenage sons. This was probably Miller boys the Miller the boys <laughs> made it their mission to make it miserable for this new housekeeper. So one day they nailed his shoes to the floor, but the housekeeper just smiled and took the nails out and put his shoes back on. Another time they put a bucket of water so that when he opened the door, water would splash onto him and get him all wet and anything that they could do. But he kept showing them absolute respect time after time after time. So kind to them. And in fact, his courtesy so bothered these and convicted these young men that they came and just said, we're so sorry, we're gonna stop doing this, we're gonna be kind to you. And he said, so, no more shoes nailed to the floor? And they said, no, we assure you there will be no more of that. No more water over the door? Nope, there's not gonna be any of that either. We're gonna, we're gonna stop. He said, okay, very good then. There will be no more spit in the soup. isn't that the way it is sometimes? Others bicker and backbite and say things about us and we can put up a good front and then we kind of spit in the soup, so to speak. We sour the relationships with people. But it's ultimately, there's another area where we lack peace and that's with God. Isaiah 57 and 21 says it this way, there is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. And sin separates us from God, and he has a purpose and a plan for our lives and to be found in him and to find peace in walking with him. But th- this, this is not just when you don't know God. Because there are times when your relationship can be affected because of something that you do that offends or goes against what God has asked us to do. And there can be a lack of peace in your relationship, although you still know and love him. If uh, This can happen in a marriage relationship where... Uh, Usually it's me that does something that's untoward, that says something unkind or doesn't pay attention, uh, as I should to my wife and her, her needs and her desires, and, and there, can, there can come into the, into the atmosphere. We still love each other. We've been married for 30 years. We're still committed to each other, but it can affect the atmosphere in the room where you feel like things are a little off, a little icy. It doesn't mean that there's no love. It just means that there's the relationship, the peace sense of peace is affected. And in the same way, you can say, I'm right with God, but our relationship can be affected with him when we're outside of or acting in opposition to what he's asked us to live out. And then there's the lack of peace in our world. The financial issues in our world with terrorists and earthquakes and it can be very unsettling to look at what's happening as interest rates go up and and, uh, uh, inflation goes up. Although I was in the mall yesterday and somebody, the 2.4 million people in Willowbrook Mall yesterday are not concerned about inflation. I don't know what's happening there. They got some other thing going on. But on big picture things, there's wars in many places in the world. We, in, our, in our world, right in front of us is one in Ukraine. But there are several uh, all throughout the world that are going on. We see a North Korea rattling about with nuclear weapons. We see financial anxiety. And there's the song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, written many, many years ago that reflects the challenge of that. And it says this, and in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Peace is seemingly mocked by what is happening in us, around us, and in the world. But it is into such a world, into such a time, that Jesus came into the world and began to crack open hope and peace to a people that had no peace. In an age of anxiety today, in an age of upset, in an age of stuff going on inside of us, in our relationships, in an age of division and brokenness and hatred, family member to family member, people to people, political division, all of this, Jesus comes into the middle of it all as the Prince of Peace. A child born in a stable proclaimed and came as the one to bring peace to the world. Angels prophesied it. Long ago, the prophet Micah said this, that he would be he would be our peace, Jesus would be. In another passage in Luke 1, it says that Jesus was sent to give light to those who sit in the darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Peace. We need the help of heaven, and Jesus has come to help us not only to live in peace, but to walk in peace in the world around us, and peace comes. But biblical peace is different than just peace. What we think of as peace. What we think of often as peace is that everything is just good in my world. But biblical peace is not that. Biblical peace is coming from the inside that no matter what's going on around me, I'm still able to walk in peace because of what the reality of what's happening inside of me. And Jesus modeled this in Mark chapter 4 where we see the story where they were crossing the lake on a boat and a storm came up and it was windy and they thought they were going to drown. Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat, absolutely at peace. And they wake him up and say, don't you care that we're going to drown? And, he's, and Jesus rebukes the storm and says to them, hey, it's all right. Don't you know? Why are you so worried about it? Because he had a shalom, a peace on the inside that was greater than what was happening around him. It was greater than his disappointments that he might have had. It was greater than you or I, uh, what we might be experiencing. But that same peace that Jesus had is available to all of us. Because Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, if you're a follower of him, comes and lives inside of you and becomes the anchor point to your peace and my peace. And John 16 and 33, Jesus said this, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. But how do we access the peace of God? Really simply today, uh, first of all, Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore, since we are being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The first place where peace begins is right with God. We get right with God. We say, Jesus, will you forgive my sins? Jesus, will you come in and lead my life? And we have peace with God. And God, who we lived in opposition to, suddenly comes to live inside us and begins to walk us in the way of peace. But that's good. We can have peace with God. But where it rubs up against us, where it bites us a little bit, our lack of peace is Not so much there, because we can walk in peace with that, but where it's really shown is in our relationship with people. And I want to look at a passage this morning, the beautiful little verse, one verse that gives us a window how to walk in peace. How do we access this peace? Because we know in the world that we live in right now, it can be very difficult to walk and live in peace. Never mind what's going around us, but all of the stories that walked into the room with you, all of the situations that you're all facing, all of the difficulties that are on your mind, the disappointments that we carry in our heart, the things that are out of order that we wish were in order. And we walk in to these angst situations. And we find the Apostle Paul writing this in 2 Corinthians 13 and 11. Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration. Comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. In other words, there's a pathway to peace. It's not just an ethereal feeling. It's not an impossibility. But all of us can walk in greater peace than we have right now. And here's the pathway of accessing peace. Peace will be with you. Number one is rejoice. It's really simple. Rejoice. We're like, yeah, this is one of those things I don't get about Christian people. Even this morning, we're rejoicing, hands are raising, and if you don't understand what that's about, when, it, when he says rejoice, you'll be like, so deny everything that's happening in my life. Is that what you're saying? Pretend. Put on a pretend mask that everything's okay. It's actually not. It's actually... In the middle of my situation, I rejoice because, and we'll show you why in a moment, because I'm processing my realities around me with a greater reality who's over, all of it and who's inside of me and who's walking with me in the middle of it and there's some scriptures that I just want to touch and remind you of this morning why we do what we do when we worship not just on Sunday but on Tuesday and Monday in the middle of the night on the and when you're when you're turning your car radio on whatever it might be or you're listening to Spotify Psalm 104 100 verse 4 says this I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and I will enter his courts with praise in other words, there's a space that I enter into that is accessed through, and you've heard me say this, the key that opens the door to the manifest presence of God that you sense and know and experience is thanksgiving and praise. So you can be living in a place that's not peaceful. You can be living in a place that's anxious. You can be living in a place that's you don't know what to do. And as we begin to... Turn the key to access the presence of God through thanksgiving and through praise, we enter into a different realm. Your spirit man, the person that's really you, the one that's going to spend eternity somewhere, begins to access and be in, into the very presence of God. And what happens there? In Psalm 1611, it says, in his presence is fullness of joy. So, in other words, before I feel joy, I begin to thank, I begin to be rejoicing, and I open the door, and I enter into a new realm of joy, and I can begin to. Why is that important? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, I need strength. I need some peace. How do I get there? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise, and his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand is pleasures evermore, and in the that place of joy i find strength to face today that's why rejoicing is important all that was for free But how do you do that? It doesn't doesn't even make sense in one sense, but you can do it from this perspective. Genesis 50 and verse 20, Joseph, who had been betrayed by his own brothers, been sold into slavery, been forgotten in prison, all kinds of things, and at the end of it all, his brothers are quivering in fear. Is he going to kill us? Joseph had been through a whole process, was now raised to be the ruler of Egypt, number two in the kingdom. And he said, what you intended for evil in my life, God has turned around for good and for the saving of many lives. Romans 8 and 28 says that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him. In other words, even when we don't see it, God is working. Even when we don't know it, God is working. And we lift up a sacrifice of praise and we begin to change our perspective because God suddenly comes into the middle of our situation and we find an inner peace that passes all understanding, that's greater than anything. Meditation is incredibly important in that. Most of us are experts at meditation. We call it worry. We're experts at meditation. We think about and worry about, what about that? What am I going to do about that? I don't know. How is this going to work? And we... That's all meditation is. So I'm just inviting you and giving you an invitation up to change your meditation, what you meditate on, and you will change the outcome that's happening inside of you. And from that place of peace, then he continues to go on. He says, rejoice. Then he also says in relationship with others, aim for restoration. I love the reality of that. Aim for it. What does that imply? Sometimes you might not get there. It's not always easy. It might take a little difficulty at times. It might take some practice. Shanda used to do uh, archery. I didn't do it because I just pulled that way. (laughs) If you pull that way, there's something wrong with your, it was this, yeah, okay. Aim for it. But to get good at it, you have to practice. And you keep going again and again and again at it until you hit the bullseye or you hit the animal that you're hunting for, or whatever that you might be doing, but you're aiming and you're practicing for restoration. Didn't say for being right. Aim for restoration, restoring. Forgive quickly. Set the target of reconciling the relationship, if at all possible. Because nursing a grudge or holding an offense is a major factor in lack of peace. We can stop living in past mistakes and stop putting other people in places because of something that they did. An unwholesome preoccupation with old mistakes and the failures of others will nullify the possibility of peace in our relationships. But our aim should be doing our part to see restoration if at all possible. We can take a step, maybe you take another one, and ask the Lord to help you in your aim. Secondly, or thirdly, comfort. Look out for one another. It says comfort one another. Sometimes the people around us, we might be doing all right, but we can be an ambassador of peace. We can bring peace into. We've all seen people around us at various times. They might sit beside you on the bus. They might be somebody you work with. They have a troubled expression on their face. Is and there might be somebody in your family. Could be somebody that you talk to or you texted and you recognize that there's a lack of peace there, sometimes, very often, if you're aware of that, you can be the voice of peace in the middle of it, voice of comfort in the middle of it, to encourage, to lift up the hands that hang down, that we can be ones who... Have the Prince of Peace inside us. And because he's inside us, we can be a carrier of peace into situations. We can actually start to dial down situations instead of winding them up. We can start to bring into that family situation, you know, the ones that happen at Christmas time and you're worried that somebody's gonna say something and they're gonna say something and it's gonna go sideways. Lord, help us to be ambassadors of peace in moments like that. To be the work of a peacemaker bring a plate of cookies to somebody at work sometimes that goes a long ways bring a coffee cart encourage them send a text of thanksgiving and encouragement comfort one another Sometimes comfort is not words. Sometimes comfort is just being present with people in the middle of it. Because sometimes I know people in the room and people that are not here right now are going through all kinds of things that I don't know how to fix. And yet they don't know how to fix. And sometimes just the with Emmanuel, God with us, and sometimes God's with us through the people that are around us and we come and we're with. When I was young in ministry, I always wanted to say something that sitting with families... When a loved one has died and an old pastor told me, said, Craig, just shut up. Evaldo was his name. You don't need to say anything. You just need to be there, be ready with the word of God and be ready with a prayer. But other than that, you don't have a lot to say right now. It's true. So many times we just need to be with people in comfort in that way. Number four is be agreeable carries the that word agree with doesn't mean that in the sense of we agree and we are unanimous everything perfect and you think what i think and that person thinks and the only way we can have peace is if we all think the same it actually carries the meaning of looking for ways to get along look for ways to get along so sometimes looking for ways to get along have we all have people that we know there are certain things that we just see differently. Could I, put your hand up if you know somebody who just sees things differently than you. Little tip, pro tip, is that's probably not the thing to be chatting with all the time. You're probably okay, and they're okay, being uh, believing what they believe and thinking what they think. And now I'm not talking about the truths of the gospel. I'm talking about areas of that we can disagree on. It's okay to disagree. 100% agreement all the time, with everybody is not good. Not good, something's wrong. But be agreeable. Look for ways to get along. Some some people though, we all we can probably think of someone when I say this are not looking to get along but seem to be looking for a fight. Extricate yourself out of those situations. Don't throw fuel on the fire. These are not people of peace, nor do they carry peace. They want to fight and quarrel. So Romans 12 and 18 says, If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. In other words, sometimes there are situations and people that you're not able to be walking in peace with because they don't want peace. But as far as it depends on you, everybody put their hand on their own chest, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with all men. Because guess what? The only one that you can control in that interaction is you. Despite what you might, you might think, you cannot control another person. Unless you're a police officer and you're going to use force. Or you're, gonna be a, or you're a prison guard and you're going to use force. Otherwise, in free and rational people, the only one I can control is me. My response is my responsibility. Am I going to throw gas on the situation or am I going to throw water on the fire? It's up to me. I want to be agreeable, carrying the way of peace. Sometimes we waste a lot of energy and time fighting fights that just need to be dropped. I know that because I've done it. Not needed. But maybe we could choose humility, choose grace, choose the high road and not allow ourselves to descend into nastiness and resentment and judgment of somebody else for their position but we look for ways to agree. And the way you can do that is by concentrating on what you know you do agree on. And most of us, particularly in this room, there's far more that we agree on than we disagree on. We agree that Jesus is good. We agree that Jesus has come to bring reconciliation for us to God. We agree that God is building his church. We agree that Jesus' kindness is shown in the world. We agree that we need to let our light shine before men. We agree that it's good to be doing what is good in the name of Jesus. We agree that prayer still works. We agree that God still saves people. We agree that miracles are still possible. We agree that, that his hand is moving in the world. So there's lots you can talk about. Be agreeable. Look for ways to get along. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. And look for ways to agree. And then it says this, and the God of peace will be with you. And that's the flow of peace. Worship team, you can begin to make your way. It begins, though, with that first space of rejoicing, rejoicing, because then I set my heart and my mind right by living from the inside, where the Prince of Peace is ruling and overruling. I've entered into a new, a new realm where I'm not re- acting out of my mind, or I'm not acting out of my offense, or I'm not acting out of my anger. Or I'm not acting out of that, but I'm acting out of and responding, and I'm comforting, and I'm agreeing, and I'm restoring out of a place of peace. The Prince of Peace comes. Peace comes to us in our difficulty and seeks because we learn to walk in and pursue peace rather than being determined by what's going on around us. May the God of all peace fill us. It's really simple. I invite you to stand and we're going to close out in a song. I'm almost done. Yeah. I referred to it already, already, and so for anybody that's in the room or anybody online, the first place to establish peace is in our relationship with God. And if, we're not, if we don't know and walk with God, then the Bible says that we, are, we don't have peace. There is no rest, as we read already, for the wicked, for those. And then there's uh, places and spaces where we our fellowship with God, because of our, our sins and our shortcomings, have broken fellowship with God. We feel like we're far off, but we surrender again. Therefore, uh, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And if we trust him, we can walk in peace. So we surrender our lives. But maybe you said, no, Craig, I'm right with God, but I need to surrender some cares that I'm carrying that are disrupting my peace. The situation I'm in, people I'm interacting with, pain that I'm walking through, Confusion, disappointment, my finances, my family. I'm anxious about what Christmas will look like. I don't know. Jesus said this, Matthew 11 and 28, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. First Peter five and seven says, cast all your anxiety on him for he cares for you. I invite you just to close your eyes for a moment and nothing strange or spooky. Just gives us a moment to concentrate Maybe just ask the Lord, is there anything disrupting my peace right now? I just want to invite you to make your hand like a little cup in front of you. This is something that I do, just helps me in visual, tactile. And just picture any of those cares, any of those anxieties, any of those things that are on your mind or on your heart or weighing you down or frustrating you, just kind of there like a low-grade negative draw on you, and just picture your mind dropping them into the cup of your hand, so I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my family in, in your hand, in my hand right now, and in a moment we're going to pray over that. My finances, releasing my finances, I'm casting my cares about my future in Your hand. I'm casting my cares about a loved one who broken relationship. I'm casting my cares about that situation that it, it could go either way right now, and I I, I don't know what's going to happen. Whatever it might. 30 seconds. I'm just going to invite you to just to kind of like lift your hand like this and as a sign of just, I'm releasing them to you, Lord. I'm releasing everything that was in my hand right now, I'm releasing it to you right now. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I cast all my anxieties, all my cares upon you. I cast my family on you. I cast my future on you. I cast my disappointments on you. Whatever was in your hand, I'm releasing it into your hands. Out of my hand, into your hands. Out of my hand, into your hand. And you're good. And I trust you right now, Jesus. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. And in every way, the Lord be with all of you. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.